good. Reef. Geller. I was following Ugh. your leads. I, my lead wasn't slow. I know, but oh I, my goodness. it had to be suspenseful. Because good it's... grief. <laughs> Geller. <laughs> Our final episode of Good Grief Geller, episode eight. I am your host, SBJ. With me is Mike Green. <laughs> <laughs> I got them both at once. Never do that ever again. I like Please. <laughs> you Stop. can't give us a ship name. One is married to you. Sorry, and Irene. it's me. <laughs> Irene's here, spiking the microphone in the first 45 seconds of this recording. I'm sorry. I just lost my husband. And Micah is here. Hello. And we are here Not to talk. Not spiking my microphone, I don't think. Yeah, no, no, no. Because my wife is sleeping and it's ASMR hour. <laughs> ASMR, Micah, bringing you the final episode of this podcast. Now, if you've listened to like our X and Y playthrough and our Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon Let's Go, we never really talk about the post game, And then we get complaints we don't talk about the post postgame. Um, so we will be talking all the way up to credits and not the post game. <laughs> we get complaints that we don't talk about the post game so we're gonna continue to not talk about the post game i think if we do to the post game maybe i'll just be like after thanksgiving maybe we'll we'll get together we'll follow do up. like a follow-up just because because we're going into thanksgiving weekend irene has a really busy work week and then that leads into family stuff and then i'm sure micah probably actually spends time with his family for thanksgiving uh, <laughs> i don't <laughs> Uh, but I know, I know. I, at least Irene will be busy. It I, it it goes in and out. I, I think we could probably fit all post game in an episode, probably like two three hours. But we're not talking about that today. We're going to be talking about what happened when Chairman Rose appeared on the screen and said, "The darkest day is uh, has arrived, or is today, or the time my time is now." I think the, you, the, the the darkest days. He's releasing them. He's releasing the darkest day. Uh, Leon runs off to actually be a responsible adult and a good champion <laughs> to try to take care of it instead of like past Pokemon games where they pin everything on the 10-year-old who has just started their journey like 48 hours ago and got a couple <laughs> badges and this is the first time they've ever left their own own town. But uh, that's we've talked about that. I, I really think that's such a strong, positive thing going in this game that the champion is taking so much responsibility. And understanding that, like, we are actually the age we are. There, I don't remember this super clearly. I don't know if Irene or Micah can say. There's at one point a phone call and or a uh, epiphany where they're like, we need to go back to the the shimmering wield, whispering wield, wonderful wield. Uh, the slumbering wield. Oh, I was going to say smoldering. Why do I keep wanting to do that? Smoldering wield. Uh, Leon just says that he's he's got to go see what's going on because Chairman Rose says that Leon forced his hand in front of everybody, uh, really putting him on blast publicly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Hop says uh, that he's terrible with directions and he'll get lost, which is a callback. Can we talk about that real quick? His sure. card. He doesn't get lost, though. I mean, maybe he does. But like, is this just a like a running joke? Like Maybe. how people have running jokes of like, I mean, Micah and I have a ton of them and most of them are not PG, but like every time we play Pokemon Go, like the running joke is <laughs> like the real game begins at 40. 
Yeah. But that or doesn't mean where anything. Or did you just start playing yesterday? <laughs> but none of that means anything. And as far as we know, Leon has never gotten lost in this okay, game. Okay, so but we've here, also known big, him for 48 hours. That's true. The, the big brain explanation is that the real reason that Leon took several hours to get to his meeting with Chairman Rose <laughs> is because he got lost. <laughs> Maybe. And like at the beginning of the game, his mom is like, hey, you should go meet Leon on the train station because there's only two paths out of that city. One is north, one is south, and apparently Leon can't figure it out. But like there's no proof that he's ever gotten lost. So I just wonder if it's that thing. Like there's a restaurant in Milwaukee. It's called Blue's Egg. It's not very good. It's a breakfast place. But I didn't go to. I lived across from Blue Eggs for for about three years. Blue's Egg Lounge, right? No, what it's called it's Blue's Egg Diner. Dine. Breakfast That's Diner. Okay. All I ever heard was it's, it's so re- good. It's so good, and then I heard it's really expensive, and that's all I ever. Everyone I talked to in like Milwaukee. They'd be like, oh, yeah, you live over by Blue's Eggs. Have, have you been to it? I'm like, no, I haven't been yet. And they're like, it's really good, but it's a little expensive. Like every <laughs> time I have ever talked to a person in Milwaukee, there, it's always, it's so good, it's really expensive. And I went, and it wasn't that good, and it wasn't that expensive. Okay, it was okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. And it was moderately priced. It was <laughs> Well now, well, now what's moderately pl- priced to you? I mean, I don't remember because we haven't been the there in years. You know? But the, I, that's the only thing I could think of is like, is this just the running joke with Leon? Like everyone just, oh, he's always late. But that's like just the thing you say when somebody brings up Leon. Maybe he used to be lost all the time. Why he- he's not anymore, but people still say that. Maybe it's secretly eating away at him inside. <laughs> And he's passionately not got lost. <laughs> okay, so anyways, we, we head over to the slumbering weald, and there is a there are Pokemon now in there, like Galarian wheezing and stuff. The music is very good. Uh, we go there with Hop. There they talk about the two hero stuff, and then there's a ceramic uh stone shield and stone sword are there. In both your ceramic? characters. I don't think they were ceramic. Ceramic or, or stone. <laughs> no, maybe they're gra- metal. Maybe graphite. They're rusted. Oh, they're rusted. <laughs> yeah. Maybe iron. Maybe, maybe made out of calcium. Magnesium, possibly. Pokeminium. Uh, <laughs> Dragonium Z, I think they're made out of. <laughs> and so both characters pick up. At some point in all of this, Sonia becomes the professor. <laughs> no, she got the coat. That was like the best part. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Fine. It was real cute. We'll come back. They to like it. hinted at it earlier. Yeah, I. Uh, we don't need to focus on Sonya. There's, well. there, they like her arc does not finish in this part of the game. Uh, they do actually give her something post game if you care about the post game stuff. <laughs> so we go from the slumbering wield, which was like Hop's ideal of like a callback and maybe these Pokemon can help us, and we go there and there's suddenly a sword and a shield and we pick them up, and then we go to Hammerhead where. We believe hammer. that hammerlock. Oh, hammer, <laughs> hammerlock, where we believe Leon and everyone is, and I think there was like an explosion there or something of of sort. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Pokemon are Dynamaxing. Yeah, Pokemon are Dynamaxing in uh, in the stadium, and it's causing a lot of destruction. Oleana's there, and she says that she needs our help so because she... Chairman Rose is is below in the lab and the Dynamaxing Pokemon might collapse the stadium onto him. And right. she's worried. 
Uh, so, yeah, right when you walk into the gym, she's there fuddling with that door that you could never go down. And part of me was really worried of, like, this This ending is really drawn out. It's, like, it's like fine. Like, I thought it was, like, all right, we did our champion battle. All right, now we got pulled away because we got to go up this ridiculous elevator. Okay, we've got to challenge now a bunch of gym leaders. We're getting pulled away now because Chairman Rose has released the darkest day. We got to go to this forest. Now we're going to the stadium. Please let this not be, like, a huge, ma- uh, like, labyrinth of a power plant we have to walk to. And it's literally just one hallway, <laughs> which is which is a huge relief, at least for me. Um, so you go down into the power plant, and you see Chairman Rose and Leon and this giant purple orb cracked crystal. Kind of looked like an egg. Yeah. And then Chairman Rose battles you, which, like, during this battle... It's very, like, kind of give me, like, vibes of Giovanni, where, like, he does, I don't know, Chairman Rose never came off as, like, an extremely confident person to me, because of how, like, Oleana was always like, oh, we gotta, we we gotta move, you gotta stop doing autographs, we gotta, you gotta do this, you're gonna be late for this, but in this battle, he seems, like, very, like... Self-assured. I mean, I thought so. Yeah, and very mob bossy of i know a hundred percent what i am doing at this very moment and like you are not a threat to me i don't know if like mob bossy he just reminds me (laughs) of like a like a wealthy businessman like a ceo kind of aloof but also very serious about business (laughs) whatever business it is that he's concerned with darkest day is booming yeah his battle is pretty straightforward he uses steel pokemon uh, which is what most of Macro Cosmos has used up to this point. They also, when you battle him, it's his, like, you know how it's like Trainer uh, Hop or whatever. His name is Macro Cosmos Rose, not like Chairman Rose oh, or right. whatever. I think when you battle Leon, you're introduced as, like, Challenger Irene or whatever. I don't, yeah, his, I mean, his battle's fine. I don't think it's, like, super memorable. I, he Gigantamaxes his Caparaja, uh, which is a pretty cool Gigantamax. It's big. But, man, if you, I'm I'm assuming if you started with Score Bunny, this was probably the easiest fight in the entire world for okay, you. Okay, listen. <laughs> Uh-oh. So, <laughs> so I was going through the battle, and right now I've been, I've had my Oxapex up front because I just set up spikes. Yeah. but. You can't poison steel. Nope. And so I was like, oh, wait, I can't do this. And then it was probably like, I I think he had knocked out like three of my Pokemon. And I was like, oh, no, wait, I have my starter. (laughs) And then I switched into her and then it was just easy. But I was just like, I cannot believe because, of course, she wasn't leading. Yeah. So I just forgot about her. But yeah, once that happened, I was like, bomb, 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 bomb. And it was easy. But there was a bit of a brain fart at the beginning (laughs) (laughs) it's a cool scene like he and his like pose is very like like i said before like the way he's standing and the way his like facial expressions are he's very tightly clenching an ultra ball oh yeah he had all i noted how like serious he was (laughs) he like looked down at it too i was like yeah i don't know crush it i don't know if it was like intentional but he also does like the same like throw kind of melanie does which is like a double hand like volleyball throw. And I was like, is this a reference? Cause they're like both older people in the game. Melanie. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Me- oh, Me- Melanie, Melanie the, ice the ice gym. Yeah. Cause she's the mom. 
that fights with oh, well, Cordy. I mean, but she does like a she does like a you know the uh, underhand bowling thing, but in the air. And like Chairman Rose also did that. So I was like, I was just curious if that was because they both seem they're like everyone like a lot of the people in the game are adults, but Melanie and Chairman Rose seem significantly older than like Leon or a lot of the other gym leaders. Those were just wondering if, like, oh, old people need both hands to throw kind of thing. Yeah, but what about Opal? <laughs> Opal also uses both hands, and she, she also does the same no, throw. The she difference only is used that both she, hands she, she like, she tripped. Was the, she only used both hands when she was throwing the throwing the Gigantamax no, that's ball. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Just all the Gigantamax yeah. throws. Oh, mm. I like, see. Opal uses both hands as well, but, like, she, like, trips when she does it because it's, like, too heavy for her. Do we not use both hands? I'm pretty sure we do too. We do both like hands, but we do we we throw forward, not underhand. Oh, <laughs> it's like the big, very specific hand old, throwing yeah. thing. Okay, so we're not gonna talk about the pretty cutscenes that have happened before. But we're gonna talk about all of the this. the how people throw <laughs> the pokeballs. <laughs> the most important part. So this battle. So after this, he does the same trope. You know, doesn't matter you defeated me. I just needed to buy some time. Leon, your champion, is over here catching, and he introduces Eternatus, which is the third legendary. I was like, what? Uh, and once Leon catches Eternatus, Leon will then use Eternatus' power to then get us energy and, you know, save Galar. Uh, I think that's the gist of it, right? Yeah, he says Leon came to his aid like a knight in shining armor. Was a very specific quote he used that I thought was interesting. Uh, I, I think the one thing that's never answered in this game is like the actual dynamic between Chairman Rose and Leon, because like Leon left not because he cared about Chairman Rose. He left because like it was his duty. He, he knew something was going to go wrong, and that was his duty to do it. Yeah, and like I don't think Leon would be sitting there defending Rose. Like, it's probably, it's probably, like, the, why am I going to use a sports reference? It's probably, like, a coach on, like, a basketball team and, like, the best player. Oh, um, sure. I mean, that's kind of the And, like, that's probably the, the relationship. And even though your coach might be, like, a garbage human being, you're there because, not because of him being a garbage human being, but, like, you walking away hurts the team and, like, disappoints the fans and you're sticking around because at least you know you can like be that positive and influence even though the person in charge of you is trash. Yeah. Hmm. But in this whole situation when Eternatus shows up and we'll talk about that, you you you're still kind of like doubting yourself of is Leon truly the John Cena of the Pokemon <laughs> world. I mean, I think and obviously we know cuz we're going to be talking about the Leon fight. Like, Leon is really the John Cena. Like, he is super likable. He is a super good trainer. He is undefeated. <laughs> well, John Cena <laughs> defeated, but... <laughs> like, John Cena is the best of the best in the wrestling world. Even if you didn't follow wrestling, you probably have heard of John Cena. Understand John Cena. Know the memes of John Cena. And, like, Leon is that, I feel like, of the Pokemon world. And I was telling this to Micah, when rumors started leaking back in, like, February and March... Most of the early rumors were, we're going to get a really long Meowth, we're going to get our original retro Pikachu, we're going to get a Lapras with a new form, Team Yell is the bad team that isn't really bad, but they're going to support Marnie, uh, there's going to be a Dark-type Gym Leader for the first time, Score Bunny's going to be Fire, but they couldn't remember Score Bunny's name, 
And then there was like a couple other things. And then the other thing was like, Leon is actually not undefeated and he's lying about his record. And so this was the rumor I read. Obviously, what? this is wrong. <laughs> but back in, in February and March, everything else was right. Score Bunny was fire. You know, we did get those Gigantamax Pokemon. It was the first time we heard of Gigantamax versus Dynamax. And then the rumor was that Leon and Sonia were rivals, and Sonia could and did defeat Leon multiple times. And so, like, Leon's a fraud champion. So the entire time I'm playing through this game, I'm just like, he's a fraud. And the first time you see Leon interact with Sonia at the beginning, you're like, oh, you can tell they don't like each other. And so I'm thinking, like, mm. if they don't like each other, Sonia, uh, this makes sense because Sonia obviously is bitter that, like, people think he's undefeated and she's beaten him. Whether or not she's beaten him, I mean, I'm, he's an un- undefeated champion. That's not to say he didn't lose, you know, prior to becoming champion. So the entire time I'm thinking this, and even up to this point of the game, when Leon is about to catch Eternatus, you're just like, man, you, you really are not the, like, great person that like this whole game made you out okay, to be speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs> but he is like no like i Leon, know but like your whole like right, right, right. dilemma of all of this is no, just something I, that I, I, in yeah. retrospect i'm really glad that like that rumor was wrong but i'm also glad i had like just the little bit of doubt in leon but i think i think now that we've played so many pokemon games you feel that about every character yeah like when you when we all saw Lusamine for the first time, we're like, ah, she looks like a bad guy. And then everyone, and then we're like, ah, maybe she's not a bad guy because we're playing the first four hours of the game. And then you're like, ah, maybe she is a bad guy. And then that's and the same with Lysander, although that was awful. Like <laughs> dudes wearing all red and look at his hair, Wolverine over here. He's like definitely the bad guy, but the game tries to make it seem like he's not. But Leon is like legitimately an amazing champion, but they still don't really explain. That situation between Rose and Leon and what Leon would have actually done if he caught Eternatus. Eternatus. But, like, obviously catching Eternatus so Eternatus didn't run wild is the right thing to do. Right. And I think that is what he probably intended. Uh, You're right. He doesn't really talk about it, but... I just I I guess I just don't know the situation of if Leon catches it, then Chairman Rose is going to make Leon do the bad things with it, right? Yeah. Well, you you would have to expect then that Leon would just fold to Leon, this impeccable good guy character, this John Cena knight in shining armor, would then fold to Chairman Rose, and after all of the evil that he's shown at this point would j- then just be like, yeah, sure, I'll do exactly what you tell me to do with this giant evil uh, <laughs> energy dragon. Sure. I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that he would have done exactly what Chairman Rose wanted him to do. No, I don't think so either. It. I think he probably would have done something to not dispose of it, but like seal it or keep it away from him or something like there's there's things that are mentioned in passing in the post game that we can talk about i guess when we talk about the post game that would also lead me to believe that leon at this point has pretty much given up on chairman rose mm. like i think he saw him for who he truly was and probably at that point was like you know what L- let's let's save the region and 
not talk about this ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about Eternatus is I'm assuming it was down there the entire time. So the high low, the 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 wall writing or the the hill writing when you go to the turf turf field and you see what seems to be the darkest day that was originally Eternatus. From my understanding, somebody caught Eternatus and then stuck it underneath hammer lock in that giant purple thing with all the wires. Yeah. Eternatus was powering the energy for all of Galar, I would assume. And then they, they were drawing the Dynamax energy out of it. And they were then feeding it wishing stars. Where they started recently feeding it wishing stars, probably because maybe I don't that's that's one part that I might have missed. Like was Eternatus running out of power? I think that was what Rose was saying in a thousand years there will be no more power. And so they were feeding it wishing stars, which didn't seem like the right thing to do. But then they got bead to get more wishing stars and then they fed it. They fed it too many wishing stars, which is why Rose was like, oh, we need to solve this issue now because they probably are like, we can't hold it back anymore. And then it broke out. And then I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the solution was when it broke. Like, what were they going to do with it when it broke out? So the the this is this is a little bit hard to to explain i guess but the intention originally was to feed it wishing stars to get it to release more dynamax energy this is my perspective this is what i got from it from all of the context clues that we were given and chairman rose released it so that he could teach leon a lesson leon was going to catch it and then they were going to continue to draw power from it but i think what they were trying to do is show that Etern- what he what chairman rose was trying to do is show that eternitus when it runs out of energy will wake up and this is the havoc that it will wreak in a thousand years but if he by waking it up now he's showing him what that issue will, would be or what the problem oh, would be oh i see rather than I like see. Because everybody keeps saying, "Why worry about it now when it's not happening for a thousand years?" I missed that so part. So he purposely woke it up. It. Got right. it. So in the Pokedex, for those that uh, missed it or don't have both games, Eternatus is the core on his chest absorbs energy emanating from the lands of the Galar region. This energy is what allows Eternatus to stay active. And then in Shield, which I think is a little bit better of a Pokedex entry. It was inside a meteorite that fell 20,000 years ago. There seems to be a connection between this Pokemon and the Dynamax phenomenon. What did you think when you... So you weren't spoiled. You didn't see Eternatus at all. You didn't know... You no. maybe heard me say its name out loud while I was streaming, possibly. Because it was mostly like... I don't think like, either of us saw it prior to Yeah. It was mostly like, hey, we're doing a raid. Please don't bring Eternatus in. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that's probably the extent of what I've... Heard. Um, sure. So what did you think of Eternatus when you first saw it? Ah, but I was like, what? What is this thing? Um, but okay, so we had the first well, there was the whole thing with Leon trying to catch it, and then he threw the thing and then it didn't work, and then he like was like, Oh. And then all of a sudden we he were- got he got blown back. Oh, he, he did? Blo- yeah, okay. He got blown back by Eternatus and he like fainted. Oh, okay. Exploded out of the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. He's like, I got this. Psych, I don't. Please, 10-year-old, <laughs> fix this. 
Well, that was the other thing I did. I liked because like no one told you to solve it. It was Leon went to solve it and got knocked out and fainted. Sure. But in this, you have this intense animation of Eternatus gigantamaxing into the swirly cloud darkest day, which we've been hearing about and we've seen in pictures and scrolls and stuff. And then it's uh, Super Smash Brothers hand comes down that you have to fight. <laughs> Were you disappointed, Micah, that this wasn't like a third wolf, I guess? No, I thought it was perfectly fitting because it's a giant undead dragon. <laughs> uh. It makes sense for the like, uh, the lore of the region. Ah, the, the lore. lore. The lore. And it makes sense for, uh, I mean, it, it like creates this backstory of kind of like a, like a, like a fantasy, like a medieval fantasy backdrop for the story. Like you have this first one knight who fought off this dragon called the darkest day. And then it becomes that it's two princes and they're two knightly Pokemon that use their sword and shield to fight off this dragon. It's very, I don't know, very European. I mean, yeah. There's a lot Very of Lord of the there's Rings. A, there's a lot of European influence in those stories. Like that's where a lot of those stories come from. You know, except the medieval. Sto- well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's neat that like we have this the the in the the one of the core towns that's basically a giant castle that has all of this history about this story. In the at the the top of it, we're fighting this undead dragon that was sleeping below it for thousands of years or whatever and powering this this whole region now we're we're using you know we didn't get there yet but we're using the weapons of the past to (laughs) take this dragon down again and i think it's i don't know i thought it was very cool i'm a big fan of medieval fantasy stuff and i was seeing all kinds of shades of it here and it was very interesting to me yeah i I liked this fight, the first part of it, because I didn't know what Eternatus' type was. Uh, it is poison dragon. I thought it was a bug. Uh, no, it's a, or... it's a, it's like a, it's like a shell of a dragon. Well, now I know, yeah. but it's, I think, one of the first legendary poison Pokemon too. I think oh, that was a, uh, that was... let me, uh, real quick, correct you. Generation six brought us Dragalgae, which was poison dragon. <laughs> Can we uh not bring up piles of garbage on this on this podcast? No Talk about forgettable Pokemon. Talk, well, I think is that one dragon poison? Because technically a turn Boy- oh my gosh, no. is poison dragon. It's Stop. poison dragon and also uh Naganatal was uh Oh yeah, oh, I yeah. forgot about that. Naganadel is what I always feel like. I is it Naganadel or is it Naganadel? I, I, I don't it's know. Naganadel because it's like I think it was in the Naga anime. is 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 like the a word for what is it? It's like a type of creature, like mm. a mythic creature, and it's a needle. You think somebody's out there and their favorite Pokemon is Dragalgae? Maybe I don't think so. I would say <laughs> I probably so. <laughs> Naganadel before Dragalgae. Oh, definitely. The Poipolite is great. <laughs> Okay, so dragon poison. I didn't look up its type, so I do the whole, I'm going to hit it with the fire, I'm going to hit it with the water, I'm going to hit it with the electric, I'm going to hit it with the grass. What's it weak to? I got lucky, 
and I had my Hatterene out, and I was like, well, I don't know what it is, so I'll just use Psychic, and Poison's weak to Psychic, so that, that went very smoothly. That did not work for me for Ultra Necrozma. I went through, like, all six Pokemon, and I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> so you defeat that, and then it uh, Gigantamaxes, and I think it's one of the coolest moments in the game. I think it's one of the coolest moments in all the Pokemon games, seeing... I fully agree. Yeah. That Pokemon Gigantamax into what it is, and then the music kicks in, and then Hop steps up to help because of the whole two princes. It does such a good job of, like cinematography like i felt like i was being saved but like not i obviously but not in like a corny cringy way it was like this is being done with the appropriate amount of extra right that i don't know i just i i felt like everything in this moment uh came together really well it wasn't forced like some earlier parts seemed to Mm -hmm. be it wasn't confusing at all either when they do this really cool thing where they're like presenting pieces of like shots of memories from discovering bits and pieces about this legend throughout galar around you and in that moment then hop reminds us that we have the weapons like the rusted sword and the rusted shield and it's like drawing those against Eternatus is what calls the wolves to us. And it's such a, like, the those shots of, of all of the scenes around Galar and, and then the shot of the slumbering wield and the arch there and the, the, that shot of the dogs, like, launching onto that platform is just, and, like, defending you is so cool. <laughs> it was just so well done. I was just in it's this is the first game in a really long time that I've been this like in awe of something that was happening and just not like doing anything else just watching intently. Yeah. Really good. I think Sun and Moon would have had that moment. I mean Sun and Moon did have that moment but like because you were playing it on the 3DS but when you call in when you open the portal and you call in like Sogaleo and or Lunala or Sogaleo and Lunala um that like whole scene of them like flying in and stuff is is really great, but also it's on like a four inch screen, yeah, <laughs> and not your TV, yeah. And there's also I feel like maybe part of the drawback to that is that it's then followed by the like this isn't anything against the the portal the war war pole what is it called ultra wormhole <laughs> ultra wormhole there's nothing against that like it's an it's a neat thing but I think the like juxtaposition of that scene and then being in the ultra wormhole is like kind of doesn't really sell it as well (laughs) where this is just like cinematics and then right into the action yeah well i mean it's like cinematics and then you battle them and and then you battle either so so galia or lunala and then it's like all right now they're right on in (laughs) yeah like the the travel part like makes it kind of like it ruins the magic of it yeah (laughs) Uh, and then, of course, uh, as Irene said, Eternatus does have a very high catch rate. You can't really mess it up. The real bummer is, at this point in the game, I don't think you get the Beast Ball. And I feel like Eternatus would look pretty good in a Beast Ball. When we got uh, the the baby I keep forgetting. Toxel. Yeah, that wasn't a Beast Ball. No, that was in a Luxury. 
It was? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a beast ball. No, a luxury ball. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> but if you do plan on playing the other version, because Eternatus does have a catch rate of Pidgey, <laughs> 255, <laughs> very easy to catch. I, I think Necrozma had that in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. It was very, very high. You can, if you beat the game, transfer up Beast Ball or a Friend Ball or oh. put it on a Pokemon, trade it to... Uh, you know, a friend or have a friend trade you like a, the beast ball and then you'll have the beast ball before going into the fight, which would be, I don't know, pretty cool. I think to have like a Trinitus in a, one of those sorts of balls and not just like an ultra ball. What did you catch your, I caught mine in a premiere. Micah, what caught mine you... in a luxury ball. Cause I thought the black and red looked good for Eternatus. Did you catch yours in a heel ball? I don't know. I felt yeah, like that it. seems fine. I, I, I was thinking about doing a love ball, but then I was like, eh. You only get like one love ball. Yeah, exactly. So I just, I did it. Do you really ball. love Eternatus though? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> I sh- ha, I'm going to be with it for all of eternity. Oh. <laughs> okay. Do you think the third version is going to be called Pokemon Eternity? <laughs> no. When they make four third Pokemon versions forever. because they know they can sell <laughs> multiple copies and there's zero reason for them to ever make one copy of a game again. <laughs> That's true. Because they just know people will buy a bunch. That's pre- that's like that's pretty much it. That's like the it's 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 like the climax, but also what's cool about that, at least I felt, is like not only did that cool thing happen, but then you're just like, I'm so excited to battle Leon. <laughs> This entire time with, even though we were pretty down on, like, the events that happened in the last episode, the thing that kept me going, which no other champion really has ever done, is like, man, I just cannot wait to battle them. I just can't wait to see them. I think maybe only leading up to Iris was like, man, I, I, wanna, I really want to see what Iris has, and I want to hear her music, and that's great, but, like, I was so excited to battle Leon, and it was a huge relief. Like when you when I went down there to be like, okay, Leon's still a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they do this, uh, they do this like fade out, and they bring you back to the fancy hotel, and three days have passed, just and, tuckered out, just and, passed out for three days straight. I mean, and uh, Leon is uh, telling you today is the day that you can battle him. Uh, and they do talk about how, you know, maybe you guys shouldn't do the battle because it seems like you both are still pretty exhausted from that. But there's really no filler in between, which was nice because I thought like, well, they keep they keep finding the need to give us filler between all of these like big events leading up at the end. Also, key key thing, people in the hotel when you rate you're getting up or talking about how Chairman Rose is missing and has not or turned I- himself in. I thought they said that he did, t- like, or maybe I misread. I thought uh, he was missing. Yeah, I thought, said, okay, I might have misread then. Not, uh, like, customers of the hotel. What's what's the word? I don't know, customers. They're talking patrons. about how, patrons, yes. there you go. They're talking about how he didn't turn himself in, and they're, like, basically saying that he's on he's on the run. Oh, maybe what I saw was someone um, saying something like, I could have never, like, seen this uh coming or something like this is surprising that he like oh wow i can't believe he turned out to be this type of person so isn't that what 
like somebody always was yeah. like, like the stereotypical yep. like wow i never i just wow it's never shocking. saw it coming it's on the newscast uh, we my, never the, saw it coming my name my neighbor was the nicest guy in the world never said a thing <laughs> oh, gosh, always stop. came to church stop. <laughs> mowed the lawn every wednesday like us and you know just oh, stop didn't see insert, it coming insert terrible thing <laughs> it's like literally the Every newscasting conversation. The Leon fight. Uh, I not only they 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 just do such a good job of building up Leon and how he's undefeated. And again, like he 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 didn't cheat. Yeah, he is just legitimately that good. And I was so excited to see what his team would be. I like, yep. have never been this excited to see a trainer's team. Absolutely, right. yeah, for sure. I was just like, what, what, what would an undefeated person have on his team? Uh, and I, I, like the Charizard thing never bothered me. The gigantic, like his buddy Charizard, him being a big Charizard fan, like that is his favorite Pokemon. Like the fact that it's not a like Galar Pokemon, like that just did not bother me at all. It's a big dragon. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) but he opens with probably the worst Pokemon I would ever want to see, Aegislash. But it's a sword and shield. (laughs) It it is, but man, is it a no? Is it like? Is it like, of course, you're going to open with like one of the most annoying Pokemon to ever fight because like you're consistently guessing is like, is it going to go into shield stance? Is it going to go into sword stance? If it uses king shield, well, then I'm just taking damage. See? <laughs> like it's a, it's a real strong opener. See, what's great is that because of Chairman Rose, I remembered the order of my team. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to put those spikes down, turn around, grab my, my fire bunny, and just one-shot it. It was great. Um, it must be nice to have a, yeah. a real strong fire Pokemon <laughs> yeah, on well. your team. I didn't. <laughs> Get good. Uh, let me tell you, steel is, steel is weak to fighting, but you can't hit a ghost Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> he opens with, uh, with Aegislash. Okay, can I back up and just say two things that something I noticed right before the fight, which I remember seeing um, just like character design. And like when we first met Leon, I was like, oh, he seems really just like, of course, he's like this and how he has all the sponsors on his cape and all of that stuff. By the time we, I got to that fight, I was like, oh, look, so many people support him. And I'm so excited to fight him. That's so, I don't know, like. He does it. He's very charismatic too. Yeah. Like, and that helps. You know, like he even says when you're first fighting, he's like, "Everyone knows that you're a hero," and I couldn't think of a better person to to be facing on in the championships or whatever. And it's like, dang man, I already like you. You don't need to try this hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then when he when the battle first started and he did the arm thing that uh, Hop had Charizard been trying to pose. yeah. Well, no, not even that. Like the way he threw, like when he opened, he did the two different things that we saw Hop trying to do earlier mm-hmm. in the game, oh, and yeah, I was yeah. just like, "Oh, like the throw, <laughs> family." Okay, the legendary throw. He does have different Pokemon depending on who you started with. So obviously, if you chose Grookey, he has a Cinderace. 
If you chose Sobble, he has uh, Rillaboom. And then if you so- chose uh, Bunny, he has Intellion. I didn't know what that was. I totally oh, forgot. Oh, Yeah, I forgot that uh, he grabbed the uh, Sobble. Sobble forever ago. Yeah. And I was just like, what is that? And then it, and then I looked at it again, and I remember um, you might have said something, or or you were just like, "Oh, Savo's final evolution is really cool." And I was just looking at, I was like, "Oh, is that?" And then it did like the snipe shot. Yeah, snipe and I was shot. Like, oh, okay. It's a good good pose. So w- earlier when we were like. Oh, like Savile's number makes sense is zero 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 or zero zero seven double o seven. Yeah, yeah. Intellion's like a spy. Yeah. And le- again, depending on different Pokemon, if you had Sobble, uh, Leon will will actually have a Rhyperior. Oh. If you had uh, Scorbunny, he would have a Mister Rhyme. Wait, so you? Oh, that's Interesting. different. I didn't know and this. If you had this, this threw me for a loop. If you have Grookey, he throws out a Seismitoad. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> no, Seismitoads. Okay. You don't fight a lot of them, so you kind of forget that. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that. Type wise, Mr. it's good. Type wise, yeah, water ground. So, like, if you have grass, you're 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 pretty much set up. And ideally, you would if you have Grookey, but. I think that was the first time I saw Mr. Rhyme. Oh, because I had only yeah. seen Mr. Mime, and the first time that I remember seeing uh, Ga- Galarian Mr. Mime was when we were on Route Ten. Yeah, and so then I was like, "Oh, what? yeah, Mr. Rhyme's pretty cute." <laughs> the whole the whole battle, I just it was a very um, externally interactive battle for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he then also has a. Dragapult. Oh. Did we cover Haxorus? No. No. I think he sends out Dragapult second. Oh. Mine mine was Haxorus second. (laughs) Oh. Went like Aegislash, Haxorus, Rhyperior, and then Dragapult. Got it. So for me, I think he sends out Dragapult. I'm sure he sends out depending on typing. Oh, sure, yeah. I'm sure it's not as... I mean, that that was my one complaint about this fight, is he will definitely save Charizard for last. And I felt like there was probably a point where if he sent out Charizard and forced me to switch, like if I had, you know, Copperaja out and he sent out Charizard, which is the better matchup, and he Dynamaxed, I would have been forced to switch or lose the Copperaja right there and then there because there's no way Copperaja outspeeds anyways. Yeah. And I probably would have lost the fight. I think the only reason I didn't lose the fight is because I knew Charizard was coming last. Or I guess I anticipated it, and that was the case of, like, I'm going to save my water Pokemon here for when Charizard comes out. So he has Dragapult, which is the new Dragon Knight of this game. I think that's the easiest way to say it. It's Dragon Ghost. Uh, It is super fast and hits super hard, but not, like, really bulky. If If you can survive and hit it back, you can usually knock it out. But people are head over heels about this Pokemon. Like a stealth bomber, that's kind of like the the gist. It has the Dreepy. Everyone's in love with Dreepy. So I guess I, I, I wasn't surprised when I saw it, but I was surprised. I was like, oh, yeah, of course you would have like the Dragonite of this game. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. I hadn't seen this thing. I saw Dreepy and I was like, oh, maybe I'll see, you know, maybe that evolves into something. And then when I saw Dragapult, I was like, what in the <laughs> world? <laughs> uh, So I wasn't really prepared for it, but. It's a yeah. cool Pokemon, nonetheless. Haxorus, 
you know, Gen Five seems to get a lot. Seems that seems to have gotten a lot of love in this game. <laughs> well, how many dragons they got? That's the real. They well, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of Gen Five Pokemon in this game. Haxorus was surprising. I think I like Haxorus personally. I think Haxorus is really cool. Doesn't really surprise me here that he's using one. Uh, and then Mr. Rhyme, Rhyperior, or Seismitoad, depending on your version. And then Rillaboom, Inteleon, and Cinderace, depending on your version. And then finally ending with Charizard. Charizard has a great moveset as Fire Blast, Air Slash, Solar Beam, and Ancient Power. So ideally, if you sent out a Grass Pokemon, he'll Fire Blast you. Uh, if you send out a Water Pokemon, he'll Solar Beam you. If you send out a Grass Pokemon, did I do that? Water yeah. Pokemon, he'll Solar Beam you. Grass Pokemon, he'll Air Slash you. And an electric Pokemon, he'll ancient power you. <laughs> oh, obviously in you know Dynamax form where those moves are max, whatever. So amazing coverage. I had Copperaja, so I set up Stealth Rock. And when Charizard came out, it because Charizard is fire flying and four times weak to rock, it literally lost exactly half its health immediately when it came oh my out. God. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, uh, so I I don't know if I would have I that definitely helps me. Sure. I also had a full health Cranorant uh, that I also Dynamaxed, so I could use the water move. So uh, that was fine. But I was like, hmm, I wonder how hard this Charizard is if you don't have Stealth Rock up. I went into the battle. This is the most prepared I've ever gone into a story battle in Pokemon because. I knew literally nothing about what he had other than Charizard, and I expected Rillaboom because I remembered the you know he had the third the third starter. So I had those, and I wanted t- moves and typing for like literally anything. So I taught everything I could to whatever I had, going through the TMs and the TRs and whatever, and I had pretty much an answer for everything. Until it got to Charizard, and I thought I had an answer, and it wiped every single one of my Pokemon except my Inteleon. <laughs> my Inteleon was the only thing that survived and was the only thing that could take it down. And I was sweating. I don't know why this... I think it just, like, I screwed up the G-Max, because I, I went in with... I brought Eternatus in with me. You and brought I first... a <laughs> I just caught it. Of course yeah, I did. I don't know. I'm, I'm always... giving the people a show. I caught yeah. this thing. They probably want to see it. Of I course I'm bringing it thing. in. Oh, man. I almost did the same thing. I was like, oh, I want to see it G-Max, but you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah. And so can't. I threw it out, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do G-Max Eternatus versus Charizard. And because I, I missed that one thing, it threw off my entire rhythm and just put me in a really bad spot i have i've i've i mean like you play your game you want to but i've never brought in a legendary for like any of that stuff well that's I guess you it's like that's like the age old like ah oh, pokemon games are too easy it's like I'm yeah you're, you're giving a you're, show you're, to the audience you're using zekrom of course yeah you're easy. in a stadium an actual stadium no gyms here i sorry I, i'm sorry i'm not uh checking uh s- the internet for stab moves to bring into my I don't know. Look, I don't have to like. <laughs> have to check the internet for stab moves. If you're using a fire Pokemon, you use a fire move. <laughs> this is basic three head logic here. I don't know. <laughs> Excuse me. What? Are you... <laughs> I, I I historically have cared the least about battling a Pokemon. No, that's fine. That's fine. So I I I bring in what I think is going to be a fun fight. 
Don't make me justify my Pokemon choices to you. I mean, that's, well, we, all have, you? <laughs> we all have different experiences. I play in a way where I never want to be overleveled. I, if if the gym leader is if the gym leader is like thirty six, and I find that out, I'm like, okay, I'll stop at thirty five because I I do want a, a challenge, and I do know like if I wanted to be more challenging, I'll switch my team and grab a Weedle and I'll grab a Caterpie, and it'll definitely be challenging. Uh, but like I I do like that thrill of a battle for me because I was so excited for Leon, I wanted to make sure that I was ready, but I wasn't super super over leveled because if he is the best champion in the entire pokemon series and he's undefeated i want to be at his level um when i fought him and i felt like i was uh i think most of my pokemon were also between 60 and 65 so his pokemon were between 62 and 65 i think i had one pokemon at 67 which was cramorant and everyone else was 65 and below this was definitely the closest in level that I was to any of it. I think I was also in the range of like 62 to 65 maybe. I would say my complaint was because they don't because they always made it seem like there was like you were going to walk into that stadium, you were going to challenge Hop, you were going to challenge Marnie. I guess for whatever reason you got to challenge all the gym leaders again even though that didn't seem like it was part of the deal when I <laughs> when I signed up for this journey. If I'm walking out of the fifth gym or the eighth gym at 50 and the champion is always historically 60, what, where do they expect me to get 10 levels from? The but, wild area. <laughs> but, they, but because you know that because they don't tell you up front, there's so much in between. Mm-hmm. Like naturally you get there. But if if you didn't expect that, like I did. I did. I, I like right before I went to challenge Hop and Marnie, I gave my Pokemon candy because I was like, oh, I was actually really underleveled for Rayhan. Um, so I'm just going to do like five candies each, 55 for everyone. And then, you know, if Leon's 60 or 65, I'm at a huge disadvantage, but at least like, at least I don't have to go back to the wild area and grind. Yeah. I'll just candy myself. And then when I was like going through, I was like, wow, this is really weird. Why, why is everyone like 50 still? Because the champion's always like sixty, and then it was like, oh well, we got like three, three to four more hours of gameplay before we get to Leon. So I guess that makes sense now. I said to you the other night when we were talking about this, we were out, uh, doing our business at the old uh watering hole called Walmart. Mm-hmm. That uh, I really liked that pacing because it puts, it puts, Leon so far, so many leagues ahead of everybody else in the tournament that it really makes him feel unbeatable oh i see what you're saying because everyone's in the tournaments like 50s and he's like 60 yeah but the only way they can achieve that is like forcing you to (laughs) yeah right do other stuff break it up a little bit make you earn some earn some more levels so that you're on the same the same uh wavelength but i thought that was a good way to handle that like rather than just give you a 10 level jump that you immediately lose to him because you're not expecting it to be that you know you at least get a chance it's still tough but you at least get a chance you know yeah his battle was great um in retrospect just a couple other champions uh when you battle uh when you battle cynthia her pokemon are between 61 to 66 in diamond and pearl she's a spirit tomb a rose raid a gastrodon a Lucario, a Milotic, and a Garchomp. Uh, when you battle Iris in black and white 2, 
normal mode, 61 to 63. She, she has a Hydreigon, a Drudigan, an Archaeops, an Agron, a Lapras, and a Haxorus. So those were some recent mm. champions. I guess I might as well give you guys Deantha. Haxorus back at it again. Uh, Deantha, the champion. Her Pokemon are between 64 and 68, so actually uh, a lot higher than other champions we talked about. But she has a Halucha, a Tarantrum, an Amoris, a Gorgice, a Gudra, and a Gardevoir, which she then mega evolves, of course. Gigantamaxes, you mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except their dress gets bigger. Oh, okay. <laughs> the only difference. Interesting. Roughly in the same realm? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember my fight with Deantha for the first time pretty clearly. I thought she was... I, I don't... I, I, I'm confident I was not overleveled. There was no way I was near 70 near the end of that game. Yeah. I was, I was probably... I was probably 62, 63. I'm almost positive. Uh, I don't remember having a tough time with, uh, with Deantha. I do not... I remember being underleveled for Cynthia... I don't remember having a tough time with Cynthia, uh, Iris in Black and White 2. That I, I did a Nuzlocke, so for the very first time I played that game. Got all the way to her last... I beat five of her Pokemon with one Pokemon. And then her last Pokemon, which uh, I think... Her second to last Pokemon, her Milotic, ended up killing me. <laughs> I didn't think she was terribly hard either. And I don't remember the... I don't remember the end of Black and White. It's like something where like you beat the Elite Four, and then N shows up, and then Getsis shows up, and then... like. You're about to fight Alder, and then you got to save the world, and then you can battle the Elite Four again to battle Alder properly. I don't remember that that well, so I, I don't, don't actually even, remember my fight I with don't Alder. Remember it that well either. Did I finish that game? No, no. Yeah. You got. <laughs> I checked your save file for Black and White. You got to the seventh gym and you stopped playing. Oh, I remember because I was in yeah. like a basement or something, and so I was when just you, like, no. When you battle, when you battle the Elite Four in that game, when you walk into the champion room to battle Alder, he's like arguing with N, and then Getsis shows up, and then all the gym leaders show up to like fight off Getsis. You do that instead, and then you go back to home because it's like credits roll, you save the world from Getsis, and then if you want to actually battle Alder, you have to go through the Elite Four again. Mm. But Alder will ever forever be ruined for me because of the anime. <laughs> Because I thought he was like this very stoic, strong. No, nope. talking about the voice. Yeah. Oh, like I don't know if you saw the anime Alder. Alder. Yeah. He's oh, like yeah. really goofy. Yeah. And yeah, he's like very like grandpa jokes. Grandpa I call joke. you whippersnapper. What? What? How did you say that? Whippersnapper. <laughs> whippersnapper. <laughs> Uh, Leon's awesome. I I think I, I think he is the best champion we've ever had. I agree with that. I think all his actions in the game like scream champion. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he. I think like him getting lost is probably one of his flaws. But like, like I mean, him. That's a him, pretty small flaw for him <laughs> investing in you. Him making sure that you continue your journey and he takes care of everything. Him actually being undefeated and there was no like twist of. You know, he was actually the bad guy. Him giving you a decent challenge and, like, being so happy that, like, somebody was able to beat him. And then the game doing the thing in post-game of, like, you solidifying your championship by, 
you know, doing what probably Leon would have done. Yeah. Uh, because agree. the game does a really good job of like now putting you in the situation of like you being champion and you would be doing what Leon is doing. And there is a nice little post game thing that with Leon, you continue playing past credits. Mm. He also celebrates you, which is like, I think in, you know, uh, which is, he celebrates you a lot. Like he throws his hat in there for you. He like, raises your hand in front of the entire audience you know he's not a he's, sore loser he's right. literally john he's cena like really legitimately <laughs> proud of you yeah he's like finally someone <laughs> they put someone over me <laughs> <laughs> my time is up your time is now <laughs> right um they also do the thing where credits roll and then at the end of credits they give you like a flashback to the altar in the uh the woods like, let you know if you want to start post-game, that's where you start, which is awesome, because they put you right back at your house like they always do, mm. and you can go right into the woods if you want, or you can do something else, mm. which is awesome. I, I, I think it, you guys should try post-game. I mean, if you're listening to a Pokemon podcast, you're probably pretty invested in Pokemon, and probably game is like a week old, and you'll probably keep playing. Uh, yeah. But compared, um, compared to like other endings, I still cannot stand the ending of X and Y. Where you beat Deantha, and then they they were like, "Okay, here's your parade that you you save the world." We don't really care that you beat Deantha. Your parade for saving the world, and then Az stops you on the runway, and you gotta battle him for whatever reason. And then he goes, <laughs> "Ah, my floette. And then it's like, "But it's I, been three thousand <laughs> years." Like, I get why they did that, but also. If they really want the the story in that and story in X and Y is is complete garbage. I don't think anyone's gonna be like X and Y is a great story. Like the only thing coming out of that story that's good is like, man, Tierno really continued to have a passion for dance from start to finish. Good on him. <laughs> but like that A Z thing happening on the red carpet where they're like celebrating you and your friends as heroes, which I'm also slightly jaded about. Like, hey, Tierno didn't do anything. Why is he walking next to me with a medal? Like, that was so jarring to be like, hey, I'm the champion. I just want to see credits. That's all I want. Like, I'm done. I want to go home. And then if I decide I want more of your content, then let me do that. But I I personally did not like that. Like, the, the fight with Deanza is fine. And then they kind of do that again with uh, Sun and Moon, which I couldn't stand either, of like, okay, you, you beat Kakui. When do you fight Kakui? You fight Kakui before or after, immediately. No, Kakui and Sun and Moon you fight. How and Ultra Sun and Moon you fight. Yeah, because he was like, his whole thing was about how he wanted to do a new league and he wanted to get rid of the trials and all of that stuff. And he was like, ah, oh, I want to yeah, fight it that, you. Like, he, he was like, we don't have a champion yet, so I'm the champion. But then in, <laughs> wasn't no, that the he, situation? R- right. The story. The story is like, there Kukui. is no champion because of how there, it's there designed. There is no champion because how it's designed. But right. like, like, I, I mean, this is my fan theory. But <laughs> I forgot that that's not actually a thing. No, no, no. The, oh, the, I, the, I the, remember the, your the, fan theory. The lore. <laughs> Stop. Here, this is actual lore. Uh, is Kakui went to Kanto and could not beat their Elite Four. Mm-hmm. But he loved the gym challenge and the Elite Four challenge so much specifically the Elite Four Challenge, that he wanted Alola to have its own thing. Yeah. But what has always bothered me, and will, 
and and whatnot is that whole game they talk about how they're different and how they don't need the gym challenge or the elite four to to produce the best trainers in the world and then Kakui's like stomp on your little traditions we're building the elite four <laughs> i'm gonna call back people and then i'm going to challenge you at the end for the title yeah which is fine but also like nah it's it felt good in this game to have a champion that you were excited to fight because nowhere in sun and moon did you feel like man that guy with the rock rough i met at the beginning of the game i really want to battle him you have to battle kakui yeah i mean i you know we if if you want to hear the three of us argue about uh, <laughs> the true intentions of Kakui. There's memories. a whole series for that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do agree that I really, really like I from start to finish. I really liked Leon and I didn't, I know that you had said, you, you know, you were a little bit like biased because of what you had read that you thought maybe he was going to be something else. And you were expecting it. And I think it's cool that, that, actually let you like him more yeah because it didn't turn out that way but i i i also liked that i didn't at any point really feel like he was a threat like i felt like i was training to be his equal so that i could beat him and be champion like and it was like a very sportsman-like relationship rather than like a malicious relationship i guess Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think I think he's I think he's a great champion. I think the I think that like the pacing of this game was was very very good from start to finish minus the the elevator part. It was probably the elevator the, that opens from the outside. Yeah, it opens from the outside, correct. <laughs> uh the credits were good. The setup for post game is great. Credits had a little Pokemon band. Oh, sorry. I was about to I was complaining about the end of X and Y. The end of Sun and Moon is annoying, not because of Kukui or Hop. Or I thought Kuku, it was cute, Kuku, like, Kukui like... or or how. Sorry. Hop how. The annoying part is I I'm when you beat Sun and Moon, they like make you catch Tapu Koko right away. Yeah, they throw you right it right into it. And, and that part sucks. When I wanna see like the thing I I'm so used to and the thing I want is like I work so hard to see the end of this game to get the credits yep. and then to be forced into a catching thing is just like why like I just want credits I want to save and then I, I like I let I didn't catch the other tapus because you can catch them early yeah the showing the altar in the forest and having the forest right next to your house is such a great and I, I don't know if that was like fully set up of like hey we're gonna put the forest pretty close to their house and that's going to be like the start and finish of these games but just that like subtleness of this is where you want to go um to catch the legendary and they did this in sun and moon too where you or sorry in ultra you in ultra sun and ultra moon you don't catch so galeo and you don't catch lunala in that story you end up catching necrozma or you end up right. defeating ultra necrozma and then on victory road you can choose to catch necrozma Right. Um, but the box legends are post game as well, and in prior games, ruby and sapphires. That's when they like, hey, you need to catch the legend to continue the story. But ever since ruby and sapphire, they're like, hey, catch this box legend, diamond pearl. Hey, midway through the story, catch this box legend, black and white. <laughs> There's this Rush Ram and Zekrom that you have to catch 
in order to continue the story. And I think I like not catching them during the story. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I don't know, it makes it, like, it, it's one thing if there's a, another, like, new thing that's happening after the story, like, an, like a, you know, like a third legendary or whatever. If they saved, like, in this game, they saved Eternatus for after the game and you didn't know anything about it. I think it kind of, like, makes it more interesting that you you see the thing that you didn't know existed before the end of the game, and then the thing that you know exists still hasn't shown up, so you know that there's something to go for. Right. Oh, man, I don't have Zashin or Zamazenta. That's something I can go do now. Uh, and I think it's that, it's that, like, Mewtwo feeling. Like, everyone wanted Mewtwo. You can't get Mewtwo till you beat the Elite Four. You beat the Elite Four, it opens up that cave that you've seen ever since you went to Misty's Town, and you're like, this guy won't move. You get Surf, you go back there, the guy won't move. You beat the Elite Four, the guy finally moves, and you have something to do. You have Mewtwo to go get, which is great, because everyone wants Mewtwo. Mewtwo is very popular. And so to finish the game and not to get Zashian or Zamazenta and being like, I know where to go instantly, like you don't have to think about it. I would assume the average person who plays the game, beats the credits, goes, where's my legendary Pokemon? But I feel like most people would go, that Pokemon is here. Like, there's no guessing, I don't think. Yeah. It's very obvious where, you, where you're where you going to go to get that Pokemon if you choose to get that Pokemon. Right. I know we're all probably still in the honeymoon period of this game. <laughs> uh, but what are your overall thoughts, Irene? I liked it. Especially, well, I didn't finish Let's Go. I mean, I didn't really start Let's Go. Uh, uh, you got to yeah. Erica. Yeah, that's like halfway. Yeah, yeah. Um, Giovanni, trying to steal that master ball. Stop. Uh, but <laughs> spoilers. After, after Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon, like I was a bit jaded. I thought that this whole thing was very refreshing. I don't know. I I like I liked it a lot. I went in knowing that it was it was a throwback, but also like because Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were. They were an outlier with how they were set up. Well, they tried something different. They yeah, tried exactly. to get rid of gyms. Yeah, and um, and that was fine. But it's like, okay, we're going back to what we had before, but there's that slight twist on it in just how it was presented with that more like sportsy, just spectacle type thing. Um, so it was like, oh, it's like the new and improved. Yeah, blah, and blah, they, blah, did, blah, they did the um, thing in this game where, hey, let's throw out the Elite Four and try yeah. something different. Yeah. And I think that I think it worked. I, I I liked it. I liked being able to play on my TV because it was a Switch game. <laughs> um, it, it was a, it was an, enjoy, an enjoyable experience. I think that what the downside isn't even really about the game. It's just that I had to play it fast. Oh, sure, um, for the yeah. series. Yeah, and so, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to do post-game. I don't remember the last time I actually did post-game. Uh, like, um, everything that you Yeah, I don't do. think you did Rainbow Rocket or the nope. Ultra Beast storyline. Nope. So, yeah, and I'm, I, <laughs> I'm excited, too. I just don't want to be like, okay, I'm done. I'm not looking at this ever again. You um, never have to suffer through the oh, stop. six hours of the Delta episode. It's not great. Okay. 
if you love to use the fly button no. and battle brainless trainers <laughs> for about six hours, the but. Delta episode is for you. Yeah, and I loved my starter. I love my score money. I I was very. I think that was probably also. I was really geeked about my starter. Like I had Poplio, and Poplio was great. But I really like score money. Mm, mm, yeah, <laughs> so fair. so, and I think having an affinity and just like being like really really excited about just who you're starting with and not kind of like forcing yourself to be excited. You know, it's yeah. like. Yeah, and so, I don't know. Like, I just, it was an enjoyable experience. I don't want to be, I mean, I feel like I probably am considered a casual player. Like, I I mean, maybe. I don't know. Yeah? Uh, uh, I sure? Mean, I don't yeah, know. I've, uh, people play Pokemon in different ways. Yeah, and so, like, I'm I'm not going to. Some people use their legendaries during the champion battle. We're going to use the word casual here. Steve might, but, but <laughs> the rest of us don't. Just yeah, but I mean, I play how I play, and I liked I liked what I liked, and well, I think that uh, the important thing too to remember is just because you play through the game and you see the credits doesn't mean you're any less of a Pokemon fan than somebody who you know yeah puts eight hundred hours in, or somebody who maybe never plays the game but plays the trading card game, yeah, or somebody who watches all the anime and collects the plushes but you know doesn't really care for the battling that is the majority of a standard pokemon game yeah like at the end of the day you have to like battling (laughs) just you have to accept not like you have to accept battling for close to 20 to 40 hours to get through a pokemon game yeah yeah but it was good um i know that there were a lot of issues that people have had about just the build-up and, I don't know, decisions and all of that stuff, which I didn't really pay attention to a lot of it uh, because I didn't want things to color my perspective before starting. And so, and I think that might have happened for, I I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I think it's that whole, uh, that mob mentality where it's like, well, I don't really think that that's that bad, but everyone's like, no, it's awful. And then you're just like, oh, wait, maybe it is awful. So, and I, and I can be like that sometimes for some things. Um, and I just didn't want that to happen. So I was just like, nope, I'm going to not pay attention, which, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that was the approach that I did just because. I obviously will never know what I would be saying if that wasn't the case, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm pleased with my decision to go in and play the way I did, but I, I enjoyed it. I can tell you as someone who did see all of the complaints and did oh, listen no, hold to on. everybody let's not, yelling let's, about let's it. Let's not talk about this. <laughs> what are your thoughts I can, about I can tell you that ha- having seen all that, I thoroughly enjoyed it. This is one of my favorite Pokemon games, and I know that there is such a thing as a honeymoon phase, but they did so many things right. They did so many interesting new things that I really, really liked and didn't feel just tacked on or uh, half half worked. Uh, there was a lot that they did that I just really enjoyed from start to finish, and I am still enjoying. I put 45 hours into Sword from start to finish, which I felt like was a good amount of time. I didn't really feel like I rushed through anything. I uh, prepared 
all of my freelance clients to not hear from me for like a week. <laughs> uh, and I just hunkered down and played through the game at my pace and just pretty nonstop because I just had such a good time with it. And I'm over halfway through shield now too, because I just, it wasn't an experience that I felt like dragged to the point where I was sick of it or I was burnt out after it was over. And I think that I had that experience with sun and moon or ultra sun and ultra moon where I played through the first one or I played through whichever version I started with. And then when I got to the second version, I was like, I really don't feel like I want to do this again, <laughs> but I don't feel that with sword and shield because there's just, it's just such an enjoyable Pokemon experience. It's refreshing. very, it is very refreshing I love all of the designs. I love how sleek it is. Like just design, like even the UI, the music, all of the design generally, like just the general design of the game is, is really neat. It's very aesthetically pleasing. I love the new Pokemon. There are so many of them that I, I just really like, like every generation, I feel like there's a handful that I'm like, yeah, these are probably like, these are cool. All of these Pokemon are cool. Except for maybe, you know, a couple like Barbarical or Drag Algae. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is, I feel like, one of the first generations in a very, very long time where I've, I like so many of them. Yeah. Galarian There's so Stumfist. many good Pokemon no? designs. No, Galarian stuff is pretty good. Steve, what it's did a pretty you think? good one. I'm in the honeymoon period. I really liked Let's Go because it did the thing I wanted to do which was uh pokemon which was like see the pokemon finally in the overworld and the yeah. fact that like that has been solidified in sword and shield made me so happy uh this game does feel like a new slate though i would argue not a perfect slate uh but it does feel as refreshing as i would argue black and white did for the first time black and white was very con speaking of controversy black and white was very controversial at the time for not including all four generations of Pokemon in that game and starting fresh black and white did it. Black and white really put an em emphasis on storytelling. That's the thing you always hear is like, Oh, black and white has this good story. I would argue it's not that good, but I can appreciate the <laughs> effort they put in to try to make a compelling story. Um, and black and white had just so many things where they were like, we're changing this. Uh, and I felt like this game did the same. And as much as I like sun and moon and ultra sun and moon, uh, because they have so many quality of life features too. I felt like the the X and Y, Sun and Moon, Ultra Sun and Moon, Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire were there. There, there always felt to be something missing in those games. And as much as I love those games, I mean, it's very easy. And X and Y, what is missing? It's a, a story. <laughs> There's none of that there. <laughs> uh, but like, there always felt to be something missing. And I feel that way about the the Gen 3 games and the Gen 4 games and black and white really feels very solid. And what I think that I think what I'm trying to say is like they have they always have a vision for these games. And I feel like I felt like for with black and white, whether or not you liked their vision, they were confident in that vision. And I think you see that. And I feel the a hundred percent the same way with Sword and Shield. You know, some people might not like all the Pokemon are in it. Some people might like not like that 
they turned off they removed the button for experience share but it like the choices in this game seemed like they had a confident vision of what they were doing and they're like we're we're doubling down on this because we know it's the right thing and so i think that's what i love about these games and that's what kind of stands out is is that confidence in both those games and i would say black and white and that's kind of what i felt like was kind of missing with the last couple of games you know i don't think let's let's go is nowhere near perfect <laughs> but uh it, it seemed to lack confidence and i think that's okay because that game did a lot of new things that we never really saw before in a pokemon game um but i think trying new things in sun and moon and x and in x and y and in omega ruby and in let's go all kind of added up to this moment it like paid off yeah yeah we're not sure if getting if like ride pokemon is really the right direction and then they're <laughs> like oh wait you know no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this was obviously the right decision <laughs> And I think um, it shows, too, that there can be things like, you know, there was a lot of complaints about Let's Go at the time, too, that I think it shows that when you have these kind of, you know, breaks, so to say, between, like, big like big generation jumps, it is a good opportunity to try things that they haven't done before that might be a benefit to future generations. Like, there are a lot of things... Like you said, the Pokemon in the wild and your PC box in your inventory with you at all times, like things that came from Let's Go, that were definitely good payoffs. But for some reason, Let's Go is missing the super effective thing, and, and this game is missing <laughs> mass deletion. Um, Oops. <laughs> well, I, I guess for the mass deletion, maybe maybe that's a Pokemon home thing. Yeah. Perhaps. Or perhaps they didn't have enough time. <laughs> Yes, we'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, Maybe love- you know, po- there's a Pokemon Z somewhere out there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there was. <laughs> I'm sure there was. I'm sure they had big plans for Zygarde. Uh well, I think that's the end of our series. <laughs> Man, these games are great. Real good. Like them. If you enjoyed listening, if you made it to the end, we really, really, truly appreciate it. I know a lot of people look forward to these series every year, and they're a lot of work because you have to play the games really fast. (laughs) You have to take notes. You have to coordinate with other people's schedules. Some people actually have real traditional jobs that you have to work around. Well, (laughs) Um, so it's, it's very hard to produce these at such high quality as fast as possible and as you know, try to keep up that energy every episode. So we super, super appreciate it if you made it to the end of the series and the end of this episode. If for whatever reason uh, you want more Pokemon in your life. For whatever reason. For whatever reason. If if you're looking for people to trade with or battle with or um, raid with, that's a new thing you can do in Pokemon games. Uh, we do have a, a community. Uh, you can go to isc.cash or patreon.com slash it's super effective to join that community, which uh, also supports the show and supports what we do here, specifically what I do here. <laughs> okay. Because I spend a lot of time making sure that this podcast comes out and you guys enjoy it and that content continues to flow. Uh, but hey, if you made it to this end of the end of the episode, that's awesome too. No big deal. I'm like the least pushy salesperson ever. I can't stand 
Pushy salespeople. If you connect your Amazon Prime to your Twitch account, you can get a free sub. <laughs> don't don't do that. <laughs> uh, that's that's the end of our series. I'll see you in uh, two more years. Irene, if you want to follow her on Twitter, is <laughs> twitter.com slash Devon Carrots, D-E-V-O-N-C-A-R-R-O-T-S. Yes, that right? that's correct. Micah is on Twitter at Micah the Brave, M-I-C-A-H-E-H-E-B-R-A-V-E. And I am at Dragging a Lake, D-R-A-G-G-I-N-G-A-L-A-K-E. And if you want to just keep up to date with Pokemon news or the podcast stuff or live streams, um, at Pokemon Podcast on Twitter. But you'd be surprised how many times I hear, oh, wait, there was a Walmart event for a free clothing item? Yes, there was. I tweeted about it multiple times. Stop. Oh, there was a Best Buy event for a Mewtwo? Subscribe to those <laughs> tweets. Click that little bell. No, don't do There's no bell on Twitter. Yeah, what? Oh, maybe there is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I wasn't I guess I wasn't ringing that bell. Maybe that's why That's why I'm behind on things. All right. <laughs> we'll let you guys go. Good night. Yeah. I want to say goodbye. Yeah, say, say bye. I feel like that fits. Yeah, a goodbye galler. Wow. Oof. Say it. No. <laughs> oh, well, we'll all say it together. Here we go. 1 2 3. Goodbye, Galler. I hate this. Why were you too so slow on that? Did we do it? Is that it? Okay.